Welcome, friends. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for October 29, 2023. Today's Old Testament lesson is from Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 to 12. Take the long view. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses the servant of the Lord died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, but to this day no one knows where his grave is. Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials, and to his whole land, where no one has ever shown the mighty power or perform the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. New International Version There is a poem by Simon Sinek, and he says, A signpost stands at a fork in the road. Pointing in one direction, the sign says, Victory. Pointing in another direction, the sign says, Fulfillment. We must pick a direction. Which one will we choose? If we choose the path to victory, the goal is to win. We will experience the thrill of competition as we rush toward the finish line. Crowds gather to cheer for us, and then it's over, and everyone goes home. If we choose the path of fulfillment, the journey will be long. There will be times in which we must watch our steps. There will be times when we can stop to enjoy the view. We keep going. We keep going. Crowds gather to join us on the journey. And when our lives are over, those who joined us on the path to fulfillment will keep going without us and inspire others to join them too. It wasn't all about Moses. The dream and vision of entering the promised land did not die with Moses. He was just one character, albeit an especially important character, along generations of Israelites who anticipated the fulfillment of God's promises to the people. In Christianity, the victory has already been won. In Christ, every good promise of God is and will be fulfilled. Therefore, we can choose fulfillment. 
We can live into Christ's victory over sin, death, and hell by choosing to be fulfilled in our Christian lives and in our Christian service. Fulfillment of our godly dreams, good vision, and compassionate ministry requires looking beyond the short term. Long-term sustainable thriving in Christian mission and flourishing as a Christian community requires an eternal perspective. To have the end in mind, a future far ahead of us, demands systemic change. This alternative system will be inspirational, not fear-based. Rather than afraid of what might happen, a long-term view is for the next generation, not the next budget crisis due to the next building need. Maybe because I've been a pastor for so long and know my tenure in each place is only temporary, I know that my vision needs to look further down the road than my own time with a group of people. And a vision of any faith community needs to outlast our own mortal existence. If such a perspective and vision appears as if it will take the energy and will you do not have, then there is no shame in saying so and planning for a good death. The church is resilient. It has lasted two millennia. She has weathered a lot of challenge and adversity. Metaphors matter. The word pictures we use are important. I choose not to view the church as the first bite of the apple, which I believe is the best bite. Instead, I see the church as a fine cigar. It's the last puff of the cigar, which to me is the best of all. Christ's church is far from its last puff. Rather, I am saying that the best is yet to come. Your best years are not in the past, they are in the future. And that is exactly what the author of the New Testament book of Hebrews wanted his readers to see. Yes, it is difficult in the present. You might be tired and weary, feeling as if you cannot keep going with this whole church thing. Maybe you've even dropped out altogether. So according to Hebrews, this is what we do. Hebrews 3.13 says, You must encourage one another each day, and you must keep on while there is still a time that can be called today. If you don't, then sin may fool some of you and make you stubborn. Hebrews 4 verses 14 through 16 say, Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of faith. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, 
you will receive what he has promised. And in Hebrews 12, So then, with endurance, let's run the race that is laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let's throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame, for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him, and sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Think about the one who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you won't be discouraged, and you won't give up. And then, in the final chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews 13, So through Jesus we should never stop offering our sacrifice to God. That sacrifice is our praise, coming from lips that speak his name. And don't forget to do good and to share what you have with others, because sacrifices like these are very pleasing to God. If you are united in a common cause, choose to collaborate with others, then even if there is no clear end in sight, you are on a road of contributing to something bigger than yourselves, something with value that will last well beyond your own lifetimes. We can anticipate fulfillment. This is a hard road. It requires counting the cost of discipleship. More important than your doing is your way of being together, how you are with one another. For in the end, relationships bring fulfillment because relationships are the only things we will take with us. Blessed are you, O Lord God Almighty, full of grace and mercy. How sweet are your words to the taste, sweeter than honey to the mouth. How precious are your commands for our life, more than the finest gold in our hands. How marvelous is your will for the world. Unending is your love for the nations. Our voices shall sing of your promises, and our lips declare your praise. Praise be to you, Father, Son, and Spirit, blessed Holy Trinity, the God whom we serve, and who reigns always and forever. Amen.